peace of our Lord be with you. Abraham is the father of us all. With those words, today's epistle lesson from Paul's letter to the church at Rome says about all of us what all of us said about Betty Maples a few moments ago, that Abraham and Sarah are the grandparents of our faith, ancestors on a journey which might best be called the life of faith. Concerning the life of faith, William Sloan Coffin once wisely said, faith keeps our souls limbered up because faith gives us so much more to think about. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, that is what makes the life of faith different from normal life, from life without faith. Those of us who are living the life of faith have all the same struggles and sorrows, problems and complexities as those who are not living a life of faith. But because we're living the life of faith, while we may not have so much less to worry about, we do have so much more to think about. Because we are living the life of faith, we believe that God is with us and for us, not to spare us from the pain of life, but to join us in the pain of life. Because we are living the life of faith, we have this incurable hope that God, not disappointment or despair, guilt or shame, alienation or separation, but God will have the last word. And because we are living the life of faith, we believe that if the last word said is going to be God's, then the last thing done is going to be good. Because we are people of faith. As Mary Oliver once said, we don't believe only to the edge of what our eyes can see. We have all the same sorrows and uncertainties to worry about as normal people do. But because we are living the life of faith, we have so much more to think about. Last summer, while we were on sabbatical, in preparation for a visit to the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, I read a collection of testimonials from folk who were there on that horrific Sunday morning, September 15, 1963, 
when Addie Mae Collins, Cynthia Wesley, Carol Robertson, and Denise McNair lost their lives when a bomb planted by a white supremacist exploded beneath the room where those four young girls were changing into their choir robes for Youth Sunday. In one of those testimonials, one of the parents of one of those young girls was asked by the interviewer, given the fact that the FBI and all involved law enforcement believe that your church was targeted because of its work for racial justice, do you ever wish that your church had been less vocal concerning the civil rights movement? In which case, your daughter probably would have lived to grow up and have whatever life she was going to have. To which the parent replied, no, I can't wish that. Our lives were forever changed by the loss of our child. Our hearts forever broken. But our church was saying and doing what was right and true. So we couldn't do anything other than what we were doing. We couldn't say anything other than what we were saying. No matter the cost. Now see, children of God, that's the life of faith. That is someone who has so much more to think about, not so much less to be sad about but so much more to think about, which was true as well for Abraham and Sarah, the grandparents of our faith. Their journey was so difficult and uncertain from the time they said yes to God, nothing but trouble. All that trouble with their nephew, Lot, that famine they encountered in Egypt and the dreadful scheme they concocted to trick Pharaoh, their shameful treatment of Hagar and Ishmael, their seemingly endless wait for Isaac's arrival and then that unspeakable day when Abraham very nearly ended the life of the child for whom they had so long prayed. And then, on top of all of that complexity and difficulty, the book of Hebrews says concerning Abraham and Sarah, they died in faith without receiving the promise. After all that, they died in faith, 
without receiving the promises. But, the writer of Hebrews says, from a distance, they saw them. Even at their death, even in their dying, the life of faith gave Abraham and Sarah so much more to think about. Believing beyond the edge of what their eyes could see. Not unlike that sacred moment which I once heard our dear old friend Frank Tupper share, God rest his soul. Frank's wife, Betty, a young mom with most of her life yet to be lived, was dying. And as the weeks went by and the end drew near, Betty said to Frank one evening, Frank, I want to tell you about something that happened to me this morning. But because you are the way you are, I know you're not going to believe it. Betty went on to say that she had been praying for weeks for God to take away her fear of death. And that that morning, while she was praying that same prayer she had been praying day after day, time after time, she had an unusually strong sense of the nearness of God. After which, she said, she heard the laughter of children. Frank, Betty said, I heard the laughter of children coming from over on the other side. Then she said, Frank, do you believe me? And Frank said, yes, Betty, I do believe that you heard the laughter of children from over on the other side. And not long after, despite the countless prayers of countless friends, Betty Tupper died. Like Abraham and Sarah, without receiving the promise, but not without seeing it and hearing it from a distance. Such is the life of faith upon which Abraham and Sarah embarked all those years ago. The journey on which you and I and all of us are traveling. None of us, not a one of us, gliding effortlessly along, all of us, every one of us, just stumbling forward, holding one another up along the life of faith, a life of faith 
which is not for any of us the magic which spares us from the pain of life, but which is for all of us the courage which joins us in the pain of life. The life of faith giving us not so much less to worry about, but oh, so much more to think about. Amen.